Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If they sweep the Nationals, do you think all of a sudden the Mets are buyers? No. The only, you know, the only kind of buy, and this is our trade deadline pod, so we're going to focus more on that coming up. The only kind of buy that makes sense is the buy for a player who's under control next year. And I know that Trevor Gott has not been good, and Trevor Gott's not the example you want to hear. The best example is Marcus Stroman from a couple of years ago. If there is a guy out there who is under team control, who, yeah, can help you this year, but can also help you next year, then I think you're talking about a deal that I can see them making. But they're not trading for a rental. Like, it would be so insane on a Thursday to dump David Robertson and then on a Monday say, hey, wait a second, let's buy. I'll give you an example, and I'm not even sure he's available, but the Mets are playing the Nationals right now. They're clearly going nowhere. They've got a solid reliever. He's 31 years old and has been decent in Kyle Finnegan. Kyle Finnegan is under team control for a couple of more seasons. If the Nationals, who aren't going anywhere now, they're not going anywhere next year, say, you know what? Let's just trade Kyle Finnegan. He's having a good year. Teams need bullpen arms. We'll move him. And you got him for less than what you got for David Robertson then that's a buy that makes sense because that's a buy that, yeah, can help you now, but really more so for next year. And that's my focus going into this trade deadline. Uh, I would have said this about Robertson. I'll say it about everybody else. The Mets are not rebuilding. They're not blowing it up, nor should they, by the way. I'm not a proponent of that. I don't think that that's really the remedy here. I wouldn't be looking at this entire roster and saying, let's trade everybody. Obviously, there's a price for everybody. You know, if somebody comes up to me and makes me an amazing offer, then as Ted DiBiase once said, everybody's got a price. But I don't believe that the Mets have to look at this roster and just blow it up and start over. I don't think that's the case. I think that next year is a retooling. And it's going to take a lot of creativity. It's not going to be simple or straightforward. And we'll certainly get to it as we get more towards the offseason. But I have to think about next year in every trade I make. So David Robertson is a free agent. The positive is David probably enjoyed his time in New York. Go re-sign him next season. I think that's absolutely on the table because God knows the Marlins aren't a big market team. It's not like he was traded somewhere where he's going to want to stay. So he's a free agent. Fine. I was more concerned about the this year part with trading Robertson. So every other guy on this team that is eligible to be a free agent at the end of the year, you absolutely have to talk about. Those guys are Tommy Pham and Mark Hanna. And there is no doubt, especially knowing that I've got the option 
of calling up Ronnie Mauricio and sticking him in left field. That I have the option of moving either a Brett Beatty or Mark Vientos to left field. I've got internal options that will fill out, fill out the spot that's being created in trading Tommy Pham and in trading Mark Hanna. And that's why I don't hesitate a beat. I wouldn't have hesitated before for shopping them and dealing them before Tuesday for the best possible return. Obviously, depending on the team that's interested, I don't know what you're getting back. I know we all want starting pitching. We all want guys that are relatively close. But clearly what we saw from the David Robertson trade is that's not going to be the primary focus. They are going to try to get the best available young prospects that are out there. But Tommy Pham and Mark Hanna absolutely should and need to be traded before August 1st. If you're going to sell David Robertson, you pretty much should go all the way with it. So you with me on that, Pham and Canna? A thousand percent. Got to move those guys. Yeah, and I don't even care anymore where they go because even if they stay in the in the division, it doesn't make a difference anymore because I think they've screwed themselves over. But, I mean, I think I heard the rumor was the Dodgers, but, again, it doesn't make a difference. Pham, Canna, and, I mean, I'd I throw in a bunch of other names, but, I mean, we'll start there first. Yeah, let's. so we'll go through some of these other names that you'd look at and say, okay, fine, move those guys. There are tiers of guys. Those two guys specifically kind of need to be traded. It would really make no sense after what just happened, after trading David Robertson, that you would not trade those guys. Starling Marte is a name that's been brought up a lot lately. He's hurt right now. He's got the migraines. He still hasn't been activated. Starling Marte is due to make $19.5 million next year and $19.5 million in 2025. There are two reasons why to me it would be stupid to trade Starling Marte. Number one, you'd be trading him at his absolute bottom in value. And I have a little bit of hope that a year removed from the surgeries that he had during the offseason that he actually can bounce back. I think he's a really good bounce back candidate for next season. So the idea of trading him now when you're going to have to pay off a lot of that money and get very little back makes no sense. Let's get to Carlos Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco is a free agent at the end of the season. He is making $14 million this year. Obviously, if you prorate that over what's left in the season, you're talking about a much more manageable number. He has been very up and down this season, mostly down, though his slaughter has looked a lot better over the last few starts. I would think he's got some value because if you're the Orioles or you're Cincinnati, two of these upstarts, you're really telling me Carlos Carrasco wouldn't help your rotation, getting a veteran like that. I think he's another guy I point to and say, I absolutely trade him. Absolutely. You've got internal options despite their struggles in AAA with Tyler McGill and Joey Lucchese. Uh, David Peterson, I'm going to leave to the side for a second because I think there's other opportunities with him right now. But Carlos Carrasco is a free agent at the end of the year. And again, I, I know that there's a lot of starters available. We just saw Lucas Giolito being traded. And it seems like the starting pitching market is probably a little bit deeper than, say, the outfield market right now at this trade deadline. I, I, Carrasco's another guy. A thousand percent, I'm looking to move. I assume you're with me on that one. I, I'm a hundred percent, yeah, a billion percent infinity to beyond with Carrasco. But I'm not so sold on on keeping Marte, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because I again, this goes back to the front office, and again, things may change if Stearns come comes in like we want him to. But I don't want to prevent 
from bringing in somebody else better than Marte because we're holding on to him. And that's my concern. The front office so far with Billy Epler has been very stubborn with their their transactions. And if they're going to say, well, listen, Marte's got two years left, and I I know that he's going to bounce back, and that means that they don't go get somebody else because of that, I'll be pissed. The other guy to keep an eye on is Jose Quintana. Uh, he's made two starts since coming back from the IL. He's looked fine in both. He was a great trade deadline acquisition a year ago by St. Louis. As a lefty, I think he's going to have a lot of value out there. I'd prefer not to trade him. Remember, he signed for next year making $13 million, which I think is pretty good value, and you're going to need to fill out a rotation. You know, it's similar to our discussions about Scherzer and Verlander, which we'll get to in a second. Quintana's one of those guys that can help you next year. You have him on a one-year $13 million deal. So I'd view it this way. I'd have a bar set on the kind of return I need to have to trade him. I'm in no rush to trade him. I think those other guys I mentioned, Canna, Fam, Carrasco, I, even if it's not the greatest return I'm making a move, I think with Quintana, I got an eye to 2024. It's a reasonable contract. I'd only trade him if the return is good. As far as the Aces are concerned, we all know how much money they make, the complications of the no-trade deal. Here's what Max Scherzer said after Friday night's game. Here's the complete transcript to it. So it, nothing is going to be out of context. So you can hear how he answered every question, then we'll discuss if Max Scherzer's a douche. You ready? Reaction to the Robertson trade. Disappointed, obviously. We put ourselves in this position. We haven't played well as a team. I've had a hand in that for why we're in the position that we're at. Can't get mad at anybody but yourself, but it stinks. No problem with that quote. He's right. Everything he said is right. The team hasn't played well. He has a right to be disappointed, but he took accountability that he's a part of why that's occurred. So that first part, I got no issue with. You with me? Yeah, no, I get that. That's that's fine. Is there a run still to be made? I've probably got to have a conversation with the front office. You traded our closer away. I'm sure a bunch of people are going to have to have conversations with the front office. <laughs> so in answering, does the team have a run to make? He basically said, I don't know, man. I don't think so. You just traded our closer away. It's honest. I'll give him that. And he's going to talk to the front office and the front office is going to say, yeah, you guys suck. We got two teenagers for David <laughs> Robertson. We're thinking about 2028. My apologies. Did you see the trade coming? I mean, look, where we're at in the standings, our record is our record. Obviously, the front office has decisions to make. Steve has decisions to make. We've got to understand what the direction of the organization is going to be. Does it change how you feel about your tenure here? Like I said, I got to have those conversations. I have not had those conversations yet, so we'll see. That's a guy definitely open to getting the hell out of here. I don't think there's any question. I think what he's saying, and it seems pretty honest, is that he wants to hear the plan. And I assume the plan is we're tearing, I don't want to say tearing down, we're trading guys who are free agents because that's what David Robertson is. That's who Tommy Pham is. We're mentioning these other guys, but the guys most likely to be traded are free agents at the end of the year, and we're going to trade them and replenish our system, and we plan on spending money next year, and we're going to try to win next year. I think that's the answer. Now, Max could take that answer and say, you know what? 
I'm good here then. We're not going to win this year, but I'll be on the team next year. I'm going to obviously opt into the final year of my deal. And I trust Steve that they're going to spend and we'll have a chance to win next year. That could be the option. And that could be a a, a simple answer because I think that's likely what the front office would say to him. Well, one other idea that they could do as well, if they really want to work together, is say, Max, listen, you sucked the season. You put us in a bad spot. Do us a favor. We're going to trade you and promise that you're going to opt out of your contract. Yeah. And then if you want to come back here and play for us, we'll rework that deal. <laughs> and we're going to get, we're like quietly saying, we'll give you the $45 million anyway, so don't worry. Yeah. Promise the team, walk away from the contract, and then we'll sign you next year for that money. Yeah. And we get a, we get some sort of prospect out of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I don't think it'll ever happen, but yeah, that's a nice sneaky idea. That's a sneaky idea. I like it. Uh, the other question was, are those conversations with the front office, do you have to have it before the deadline? I would imagine you've got to understand what everybody's going to do. This isn't like the trade for me out of Washington. When I was in Washington, I was about to be a free agent. Our season was going south. I wanted to get traded to a playoff contender. That was the calculus for me with the Nationals. This time around, I'm not going to be a free agent. I have another year here. I came here. We did great things last year. We won 100 games last year. Unfortunately, this year, it's not. But with Steve and the rest of the organization, you can see a path forward. You can see a path to contend next year. So that's where the calculus is different. Does the Robertson trade affect that? His response, I've got to have conversations with the front office about everything. That's the most I'm going to say. You have to talk to the brass. You have to understand what they see and what they're going to do. That's the best I can tell you. I told you I wasn't going to comment on this until Steve was going to sell. We traded Robertson. Now we need to have a conversation. I haven't had that conversation yet, and I will. So he's telling you he's opting in next year, which we know. That's why he said I'm under contract next year. And my gut from this whole thing is that between the fact that Scherzer is probably not going to have that much value and the Mets' plan is to contend next year, I think Scherzer's back. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think Max is going to be content with that because he knows this team is going to spend next year. He'll get that reassured by Steve Cohen. Max Scherzer is not going to be traded. 